Joining us in the studio is Defron, here to talk to us about Walk This Way Project. Welcome to the, <laughs> welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. And you're doing a fantastic job so far. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> perhaps the uh, the adrenaline uh, might might uh, fade off later in the show, and then possibly by the late guest, they're just going to get this. Hi, welcome. So you're, you're, you know you're actually lucky coming yeah. coming first, first up on the yeah, show. I've always said that first is best. First is best. Well, you're true. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Indeed. So, Walk This Way. Mm-hmm. Tell good. tell us what that's all about. So, this is a project that is um, put on by The Push, which is the organisation that I work for, a non-profit Victorian youth music organisation. Um, basically like Freezer, we're actually partners with Freezer. And it's also in done in affiliation with City of Melbourne. And um, what it is, is it's a five-week programme targeted at international students and newcomers to Melbourne City. It is an opportunity for them to discover Melbourne City through the lens of hip-hop culture. So um, each week we take them to uh, a tour of a Melbourne arts institution followed by a hip-hop workshop and then we cap it off with a dinner of a new cuisine each week. So we're currently heading into week four, about our first three weeks. Week number one we had... um, our DJing week, so we went to Acme and we had a tour of Acme and then we had a DJ workshop ran by DJs Miss Risk and um, DJ Relic, which is incredibly incredibly entertaining, but just awesome to see everyone get up and have a go on the on the decks for the first time, which was a little bit scary for some people, but everyone gave it a go. And then uh, week two, we had our dancing week, so we went to um, Acker for a tour of their latest installation, and then we went to Malthouse Theatre for a dance workshop led by Miss Minxet and Big Girl Demi. And then we just had our MCing week, so we went to the Art Centre. We had a behind-the-scenes tour of Art Centre, and then we had a... Um, MCing workshop led by Philly from um, Bad Uppers Music, Briggs record label. And then we also had Ivy Gold, who's a Melbourne hip-hop artist. And coming up, we've got our Street Art Week, which I'm really looking forward to. We're um, getting a tour of the laneways of Melbourne's graffiti and art, street art scene by um, renowned Melbourne street art photographer David Russell. And then we're also going to have a street art workshop by um, a street artist by the name of Caper G. So he's going to do, do that one for us as well. And I think we'll be in Rutledge Lane for that, so that would be pretty That pretty sounds special. like an incredible <laughs> program. Yeah, it is. It's really, really special. Um, and um, I'm curious, why, the, why choose the particular lens of hip-hop culture as opposed to perhaps, I guess, perhaps other more recognised uh, mm-hmm. art forms like theatre or, or visual art? What is it about hip-hop that that you wanted to frame this this project for well i think hip-hop is um even though it is quite a niche culture it is a culture first and foremost that people don't necessarily understand it's not a music form krs1 famously said rap is something you do hip-hop is something you live now rapping as as an element is uh, very, very big now in, in um, the zeitgeist of just popular culture. It's on modern airwaves, it's on Triple J, it's on every single kind of, of medium that we have in, in like the main populace. But hip-hop, even though it is quite niche, it's still a language that, no matter where you're from, that is a... It's a hook to get people interested because whether you're from Japan, Brazil, Mexico, Sweden anywhere you've heard of hip-hop and if you're engaged with hip-hop which is already quite a uh, 
quite a niche cornerstone of culture in in the world it's kind of a bit more of an exclusive invitation and um i think the the idea is that we just when we were promoting it on ground at universities and when we were um approaching people we would just say hip-hop and they would go oh hip-hop now depending on who you spoke to they would have different responses to that they'd be like i love hip-hop dancing or they'd be like oh i love i love rapping or i i I love hip-hop a lot of the time it was just those two words and then that was enough of a thing to get them to bring them into the city and then we take them to the art center and and acme and acca not necessarily hip-hop institutions but it's that sort of hook that we're like you want to come to a hip-hop workshop we'll also show you a bit of melbourne as well the the idea is each week that the institution that we go to is the place where we'll have the workshop with the exception of acca but acca and molehouse are right next to one another so it's it's just yeah it's that a global phenomenon that everyone recognizes and especially with youth and um the push our organization being youth music focused between 18 to 30 yeah, it's it's just like more specific, and I feel like uh, hip hop in Melbourne actually has quite a very a unique feel, and it's a unique chapter in in hip hop as a whole, especially when it comes to street art, which is um, even people who don't uh, who aren't familiar with hip hop as a culture will recognise that through the laneways in Melbourne there is some just like mind blowing street art and graffiti. So it's just. Um, a simple but open invitation that a lot of people can engage with. So following on that idea that hip-hop is a, it's a universally known idea, it's, it's the current zeitgeist for music, and as you say, people have perhaps have different ideas, but the word hip-hop is still recognised and it has mm. uh, particular ideas attached to it. What do you think is unique about the Melbourne hip-hop scene and something that you've been able to convey to the people who've been part- participating in Walk This Way? I would say that, that Melbourne's hip-hop scene, every er, every element of it, so hip-hop has four elements. There's emceeing, which is rapping, DJing, breakdancing, and graffiti. And I would say in each of those four elements, in Melbourne especially, there are elements within those elements. They're, they're, they're so varied. Like the, the emceeing style of Melbourne... I feel has lots of different flavors, whereas I I think both on like a global scale and a local scale, like you know in, in America, New York slash East Coast hip hop has a particular sound, West Coast um, or LA hip hop has a particular sound. In Melbourne, I feel like because we're we're a nation that adopted hip hop, there's lots of different drabs and different versions of this one style. So I, I I've always thought of, of Melbourne as the most sort of eclectic representation of what hip hop culture can be because we have a very very prominent underground scene with um there are there are record labels like uh Pang Productions and and Crate Cartel. They're very influenced by that East Coast boom bat mold. But then we've also got a lot of artists like we've got Remy and we've got um artists like uh Elegy and, and Dex who are bringing in the the new sort of mode of hip hop, and it sounds more modern. And then when it comes to the DJing, we've got um, phenomenal turntablists, but we've also got great mixers and party rockers like Miss Risk and and other DJs like that. And then when it comes to um, breakdancing and hip hop dance, we've got just a representation of all styles. I mean, if you still walk down the streets of Melbourne, if you walk down Burke Street on 
um, any night from about 8 o'clock onwards when the Mort Tavoli Arcade closes, you will see b-boys practicing in there and it's like something out of flash dance it is so true and yeah. i have admired their moves <laughs> and uh we are going to talk more to defron just after this break you are listening to art smitten on sin nation with defron yo, and yo. lauren yo yo <laughs> here we are again so uh for those of you who have just tuned in i am currently in conversation with defron the leader behind the walk this way project and local melbourne hip-hop artist we were just discussing the, I guess, the unique nature of the Melbourne hip-hop scene and then comparing, contrasting it to, to New York and, and that scene over there. And uh, if uh, my sources are correct, <laughs> I believe that you went to New York uh, a few years ago. Tell us what that experience was like, being in the, the epicentre of hip-hop. My uh, trip to, to New York, I called it my, my pilgrimage to Mecca because... That was where I wanted to, to go to for a very long time because of um, it is where hip hop was created and it's also where a lot of like my favorite artists came from. So I actually made sure that I lived in um, my favorite artists' home neighborhood. So Torres B.I.G., who I consider the greatest rapper of all time, I lived in Bed-Stuy in, in his neighborhood. Uh, I was quite a ways down from where he grew up. He grew up in a place, I think it's called Clifton Hill, which is, was known as Bed-Stuy, but is now known as Clifton Hill. But I was further, further down. I was closer to, um, there's a very famous Old Dirty Bastard mural from Wu-Tang Clan. I was right near there. Yeah, it was, it was amazing being in, in those places. And often what I would think about when I was walking around was um, I was listening to, to the music of those era and of those artists. And I was looking around. I was like, this is the, the environment that inspired that music. But specifically, I, I took myself on a... I looked up a whole bunch of different um, landmarks and I took myself on a, a biggie like walk. So I went through bed I started at his old high school. I went to where he um, would play basketball. I went to the main strip where he worked as like a bag boy, the corner where he grew up hustling, the barbershop where he used to go to. And I went all around these places and it was just, it was amazing seeing, seeing it in the flesh after listening to him talk about his life and talk about himself for so long and imagining the environment which influenced who he was as a person it was amazing to walk in and actually see that and I did a similar thing I went to um, Queensbridge and I walked through the Queensbridge project houses which I was told afterwards was a very unwise thing to do because it's quite a dangerous area but I, I didn't feel like I was in any danger when I went through I just um I actually went through to a lot of different sort of like um, hoods and areas where people were like, oh, stay away from there. But the one thing I was told by a lot of locals, especially hip-hop heads, they were like, look, just act like you know where you're supposed to be and where you're going. Don't act like a tourist and you'll be fine. And I literally did that. I just walked through, but I was able to look at these different places and and absorb it all. And um, it was it was quite surreal because it was, you know, merging reality with what I'd heard in my head. But because um, hip-hop lyricism particularly is quite similar to, to gonzo journalism in a way in that it, it documents real life but it also exaggerates it at the same time until you can't really tell them apart. Those are the, the two things that stick out in my mind is what it was like to, to finally be there and, and the influence of it all was walking through Biggie and Nas's home neighbourhoods and I didn't go to Jay-Z's projects because I was told that they were far too dangerous for, for a tourist. But um, yeah, just absorbing it all and I was definitely influenced by all of that when I got back and when I got back to Melbourne. 
I've also read that you something that's quite prominent in American culture is the hustle and mm. that you really have to sell yourself as a brand. I think in Australia perhaps that that idea of self-promotion and being really confident with I guess as an artist being a product as well. Mm. Um, we're still coming to terms with that. How have you brought that practice into your own work? I think you 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 stated it perfectly there as I just looked at myself as a brand and I basically try to present the the identity of, of my moniker of who, who I am as an artist in what everything I'm doing whether it be the hard product of the music and and the merchandise as well as social media and I think that is the new um frontier of being a musician and, and independent and, and hustling online in that you have to present yourself through social media channels like you are already what your goal is. You know, there's an old saying, if you're not going to put yourself on a pedestal, nobody else is. But I think that there's there's a, a struggle with that happening in Australia because I think that part of Australia's culture is actually quite, you know, in quite the opposite of what hip-hop is. Hip-hop is very much about a culture where it started with kids in the Bronx in New York not having anything and building themselves up and talking about their struggles and talking about when they were able to acquire material things, talking about, look at all this material wealth that I have. But Australia as a, as a culture, I feel, tall poppy syndrome is ingrained. We don't like people being up on a pedestal. We don't like authoritative figures. And I think that's because we started off as a penal colony. What does a, an inmate hate? It hates the warden. It hates the authority figure. So I think that they're, they're in conflict. But where I was able to flip it into my own work is just what I want as an artist and what I want to achieve. And um, part of what influences my hustle and my aesthetic is I grew up as a huge comic book fan and a huge fan of just myth and, and, and powers and stories of people um, overcoming adversity and, and building themselves up from literally nothing. And I think you need to take that on yourself. And I think the younger generation, not just specific to hip-hop, is doing that, especially with things like social media. I mean, you know, the, the girl across from you in your neighbourhood Instagram account probably has 5,000 followers and she's probably some sort of makeup artist or... A, a vegan consultant or all these different things and um yeah i'm actually still learning the ways to like present myself and hustle but the main thing was like took all of my money and threw it into my music and although the what i got back wasn't immediate it's um it's very much a marathon not a sprint and you have to be happy knowing that you're putting your all in you do not expect to be rewarded immediately you have to know that you're not entitled to that and that you have to, to work for any sort of income backwards to you. Goodness. Sounds like, <laughs> it's quite a daunting prospect, but I think uh, for, for our budding listeners out there, these opportunities aren't going to create themselves. It's you on have you, to, basically. Absolutely. Unfortunately, we do have to wrap it up there. But <laughs> Defron, thank you so much for telling us about, about your personal artistic journey. But also, Walk This Way, can you just recap whether our listeners can can participate or if yeah if you'd like to participate you can head to the push website which is the push.com.au um, if you scroll down the main page you will see the walk this way banner and then you can click that go through and you can sign up so this week um, the street art week is the last official week and then we've got a wrap-up party on saturday the 28th of may at section eight so um yeah go to the website sign up and you'll hear from me within the week
Fantastic. And we cannot let you go without participating <laughs> to the Exquisite Corpse contribution. I'm actually really, really looking forward to it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you did you did mention early in the break that you do teach creative writing. I so do, yeah. this is spontaneous creative yes. writing. Improvisational creative writing. Okay. So just to recap, uh, the Exquisite Corpse contribution is an ongoing story that our guests contribute a line and, and then the final product is read out at the end of the year. I'm going to read out Emma Fishwick and Kine and Tan's contribution from last week and then whatever whatever comes into mind is, is going to be the next line in the story. So, <clears throat> your line is, so that we collectively reclaim the earth. Grain after grain until we feel like we belong. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much. Grain after grain until we feel like we belong. That is powerful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Defron. Thank you very much for having whoop, whoop. me. <laughs> you are listening to Sin Nation, Art Smitten, with yours truly, Lauren.